0: Hey, my boy. How we doing today?
1: Doing good, man. Happy to be back, man. Uh, beautiful Father's Day, man. Yes, you know, Happy Father's Day to you, my boy. Absolutely, Happy Father's Day to you too, my man.
0: Um, great day. I mean, Happy Father's Day to all of the the dedicated fathers, man. All of the fathers out there who are playing a impactful, pivotal uh role um in their youngins' lives, man. And even the men out there. Who don't have children, they're still uh, making an impact on some youngest lives. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Um, being a father is the most beautiful thing, you know, I've ever experienced, man. So, yes, it is. Um, I want to give a special uh, Happy Father's Day to my father, my senior. Uh, Dedrick L. Hicks Sr Happy Father's Day Pop man
1: Yeah and I want to give a special Happy Father's Day to both of my fathers Yeah, Mr. Ernest Lockwood Jr Yes sir And Mr. Gary Oglesby yes, uh, sir. I love you guys uh, I wouldn't be the man that I am without you guys And right. I appreciate you And then I want to also uh, Say a special Thank you to the mother, mother Of my handsome boys uh, Brittany Scott thank you for everything And making this Father's Day very special, I love you absolutely, man. Don't be uh have me out here hanging out the dry, <laughs> bro. You know bad. what I'm saying?
0: So, shout out to my beautiful wife as well, the mother of my son, uh, because baby, you know how we rocking and you know how much I love and appreciate you as well. All right, um, let's go ahead and get episode 64 rolling. We're at 64 episode of the Sports Death. So, Black, um, of course, man, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio. Uh, I listened to Colin Cowherd, Skip and Shannon, Steven uh, A and Max, and a lot of people. But I came across something on the Twitter, man. I came across something on the Twitter this week, and I was asked about it on the Twitter. And, Black, I want to get your opinions on that. Black, w- sports. That's what we talk about. That's what we love. Black, what do you think is the most difficult sport to play? Would it be boxing? Would it be basketball? Will it be football, baseball,
2: gymnastics, wrestling? What would you say if you were out there playing this sport? Which sport would be the most difficult, you think, to
0: not only play but succeed in? Mm. The most difficult sport. Difficult. Not your favorite? What you love to play, but the most difficult sport? Which one? Which
1: sport would you say? And I only got to pick one, just one. Yeah, oh just one. man. You know what? I'm gonna have to go. Uh, for me personally, because I hate it and I've never done it in my life. I gotta say hockey, man. I really? gotta say hockey because okay, I've never like I've never was a skater on four wheels, roller blades, or, rollerblades, or yeah. any type of blade. Yes. So I gotta go. I gotta go hockey with this one. I was going to say gymnastics because I ain't the flipping type, but <laughs> I think I could get that quicker than I would get on the on on the blade on the ice skating and everything. Okay. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go hockey. I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm either go with boxing. I'm gonna go with
0: boxing, or I'm gonna go with wrestling. Okay, as the most difficult. I was contemplating basketball. Um, But you do have times during a basketball game where you can kind of gather yourself, mm-hmm. get a breather, especially if it's like an iso play or something like that going on the defensive side. But in the sport of boxing, you're doing like multiple things at one time. Not only you are, are you def- you're defending, but you're also pushing your offense, your footwork, your head game, your stamina got to be on point, point. 12 rounds, you know, your heart rate is through the roof, you know, your energy got to be on another type of level. Yeah,
1: your cardio got to be top notch. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. you got to be,
0: you absorbing blows and things like that. And the same thing with wrestling. Like, you talking about showing major strength. Yeah. Not just physically, but mentally too. Mm-hmm. You know, you are going up against another man who is probably just as strong or stronger than you and trying to put them down and get a pin. You know what I'm saying? To win a wrestling match. But one sport, like I asked, I'm going to go with boxing. Okay. I'm going to go with boxing. Okay. Yeah, man. So uh, that was pretty interesting question. So you question. Can see yourself
1: ice skating and uh, getting, a, getting a puck down there in that goal, man?
0: I think it would be hard extremely. <laughs> I think it would be extremely hard to do. But I would like to think that, you know, at some point in time during the hockey game, I could probably catch my breath. Okay. I don't think you can catch your breath in boxing. Unless, unless you you and another fighter just absolutely boring, <laughs> and, and neither one of y'all got no business. But if I was a boxer, I would like to think I'd be the type going in there pushing the pace, trying to get you, get out, you of out of there. there. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I think I thought that was something good to kind yeah, of throw man, it it's in dope. yeah, man. So. Yeah, man. I like.
3: But I beat him. Everybody out
4: there, know I beat
3: him. I'm Everybody jo- out there, know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him.
4: You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches was the most punches that you had in the round, and it seemed as though you couldn't get it close sound like, enough. It already sounded like you was against me. So I already ain't,
3: I already, I already ain't got a fair shake talking to you. But let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to What they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd. But it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that nigga, man. I'm on top. Cincinnati, stand up. West side. 2-5. You're
4: 3-3-1 three, three, in your last seven fights. What will you do next?
3: Hey, I'm 3-3-1 three, three, in my last seven but
4: I'll be 7-0 against you well that wouldn't mean much that's the end of this interview
2: (laughs)
0: his very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom who
1: was on crack new sports
3: desk you're listening
1: to the sports show
0: All right, all right. So, welcome, welcome back to episode sixty-four of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. I'm your man, one more time, Deshur L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists,
1: and it's your man Black. We back for another episode, one of your favorite sportsologists in the building.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a lot to discuss today, man. Uh, A few things in particular. Uh, We're gonna talk a little NFL, man. We had a top ten. quarterback list come out uh this list is pertaining to rolling into the 2020 what is it 2020 yeah it's 2020 I wish it was 2021 but uh uh the top 10 quarterbacks going into the 2020 season we're gonna talk about that I've been holding off on discussing Dak Prescott but I think today is the day that me and Black will dive into the Dak Prescott fiasco in Dallas and Black one of the top safeties if not the best safety in the league wants to trade so we're going to talk about Jamal Adams. We're going to discuss him and talk about what team might be uh, the perfect fit for Jamal Adams. I got one in particular uh, that I think Jamal Adams would just be good at. So we're going to talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about some Kyrie and uh, KD and Kendrick Perkins. We're going to talk a little Orlando bubble. And uh, we're going to talk a little WWE. And we're going to get out of here, man. Uh, we've got a special, special conversation we're going to have. Man, Black are going to start the conversation uh, it's pertaining to college football, and uh, I think the majority of our listeners is going to appreciate this one here, okay? All right, man, so let's go ahead and start the show. We're going to get into our start, bench, or cut, and this is pertaining to uh college football, and see what my man's black uh, feels about this. sports desk it hey, is reduced lunch spouse, man come on man. <laughs> all right all right all right so let's get right into our start bench or cut and 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 i think this is one's going to be a little tricky but i do know black is going to take one of these guys uh, for sure. So <laughs> he kind of probably has an idea what it is when I start talking about it. But I still want to know who he's rolling with. So, Black, this week, start, venture, cut. We're going to go college football. We're going to go dynamic players from college football. Maybe the top three dynamic players that we, excuse me, that we had ever seen in the sport since we've been alive. So, Black, at of University of Southern California, we're going to go Reggie Bush. <laughs> We're also gonna go from the University of Florida. We're gonna go Percy Harvin. And from the Florida State University, we're going to go Peter Warwick. That's <laughs> right. So we got Bush, Harvin, Warwick, Ooh. Black. Who you starting? Who you benching? And most importantly, Black, who you looking in the eyes saying you don't need him this Saturday. Oh
1: man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> D, that's a good one, boy. Ah, yes, oh, man. Let's just go, man. Um, I'm starting, Peter Ward. Mm. I'm going to bench <gasps> Reggie Bush. Whoa. And I am going to cut Percy Harvest. Thanks, to guys.
0: I'm gonna laugh at that Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep it real man I'm I'm gonna keep it real I've been looking at this thing for a while Trying to make up my mind And I'm just gonna keep it real man God I hate that I'm about to do this But I'm gonna start Reggie Bush I'm gonna start Reggie Bush Um, I'm gonna bench Percy Harvin I'm gonna bench I'm gonna bench Percy Harvin I'm gonna bench Percy Harvin and I'm going to let Peter Ward know we don't
1: need him uh, this Saturday, uh, boy. When uh, when one particular person hit this, bro they going to kill you. Yeah. it's going to kill yeah. you? But I just had to keep it real,
0: man. I just had to keep it real with myself. Yikes. Yeah. So I'm going to start Bush. Hey. I'm going to bench Harvin. And I'm going to let Peter Ward take the Saturday off, man. Man, boy. So we're going to dive into this a little <laughs> bit later. Now, my tone's <laughs> going to change when we talk about this a little later. You know, because I know a bunch of y'all heard uh, the rant that I had on Florida State. I've calmed down. I've cooled off. And, you know, we still rocking with Nose Nation. I had to let the University of Oregon know I will not be transferring my fandom well, well, uh, to well. the city of Eugene. <laughs> so I'm still rocking with my nose. But we're gonna get into this conversation uh, a, <laughs> a, a a little later on in the show. Okay. So um, yeah. So let's transition into our Sound of the Week. So of course, man, this is around the time the NBA Finals take place, and you know every week you see. Uh, On this day, the Bulls celebrated this. On this day, the Lakers celebrated that. But this past week was, uh, I believe, the four-year anniversary since (laughs) 3-1. And I have a special soundbite, man, from Richard Jefferson. Um, He was doing an interview with the Undefeated, and they were just asking about the final moments of that game. And when I tell you this clip is raw, unsanctioned, just... Beautifully done by Richard Jefferson. I think everybody's going to enjoy this. So this is Richard Jefferson reliving the final moments of game seven from 3-1.
4: Watching the play and I see the fast break and I was like, oh, fuck. And all of a sudden, because I'm watching the head of the play and this is not an exaggeration. I'm watching this thing happening and all of a sudden I see a black blur go out of nowhere. And I was like, holy fuck, he just blocked that. And I was like, oh, shit, we have a chance. And so we make a timeout, we make a sub. I I check into the game, and at first I'm in the strong side corner where Kyrie shot the ball. So Bron clears me out, and I was like, good, because I want no part of this shit, right? So they clear me out. They take me to the other, I go to the other corner, right? And so my thing in the corner, I'm like, okay, well, when this shot goes up, go for the offensive rebound. If you don't think you get it, you got to bust your ass back. Like, that's my process. Like, I tell you, I'm thinking all this stuff and what I need to do. Shot goes up, and I just stand there. (laughs) I don't go offensive rebound. I don't get back. I'm just like, oh, fuck, he's shooting a three. Oh shit, that went in. Like like again, like these are like the same reactions that, that fans have and that the media has. That's the same reaction we have. Like I see Kyrie Irving dribbling over there and I'm like, okay, Kai. I was like, first of all, they cleared me out, and I was like, thank God, because I, if my man went to go double and they threw the ball, I don't know what the fuck I was gonna do. I might have made a shot, I might have dunked it, I might have dribbled off my foot. I don't know. That, that that finals to me was the best finals, you know, that I'd ever seen in my life. Right now, there were some great ones that probably happened before, but and then when you have all the different storylines that that go into it, that just add for the kind of lore uh, of it. But there is no, like, that play is probably the greatest defensive play in in NBA history, right? Like, Like, Kyrie's shot is probably the biggest shot. Like, I think some of, like, Jordan's shot was really, really impressive. But I, like, I, like, I know there are other great ones, right? But I just, like, in modern-day basketball in the last, like, 25 years, those are the greatest, like, defensive plays, greatest offensive plays versus a 73-win team being down 3-1. Like, you can just go down the list and lines of, like, all the storylines having lost to them the year before, everything. And so, you know, just to be a part of that, just to be a part of just, like, like stories that people will tell for the, the history of the game of basketball is amazing. Yeah, so
0: that was oh, Richard Jefferson. Dope, yeah, that was Richard Jefferson just keeping it all the way real. You know, he was sounding like a fan. Like, he was sounding like he was in his living room reliving the final moments of the 3-1 series, as I call it, um, and everything that took place. And when I saw, like, man, this is just really real. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, this is what this man was actually going through. And he was on the floor. Yeah. And I think the thing that stuck out to uh, on that clip was... Richard, Richard Jefferson didn't want any pause of what was going no. on. No, He didn't want no, no pause of that. And you would always want to think like, most NBA players. No. They live for moments like that. Richard Jefferson kept that mother 100. He said, you know, I didn't want no pause of that. Nope. I was hoping they cleared me out, nope. and they did.
0: <laughs> it was too real of a moment, man. It was too real of a moment, man. So, yeah, that, that, that was a dope clip uh, from Richard Jefferson on Game 7 from the 3-1 series. Okay. All right, so we're going to transition into our top. Five. Now, last week we did our uh, top storylines We did our stop, top wrestling storylines of all time, man And I was talking to my father yesterday And, you know, he's a big listener of the show He was like, man, y'all don't remember Wrestlemania 3 The build-up with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant Pontiac Silver Dome, standing room only Like, my dad just said he just remembered that And it gives him a great feeling uh, to remember that Wrestlemania uh three storyline with andre the giant uh and the Hulkster uh for the wwf championship so shout out pops man but we also had uh my man's quest 71084 chime in he said his number five storyline was the kofi mania story number four was triple h marrying stephanie after he drugged her <laughs> number three was kevin Owens and chris jericho the festival of friendship that was a good one too Number two was CM Pump Pipe Bomb. And number one was the birth of the NWO. Okay. So that's our boy uh, Quest71084 uh, chiming in, showing us a little love there. So all right, let's transition into this week's top five. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. sorry.
1: Hey
0: bro, you listening to the sports desk? Okay, so last week, you know, <laughs> me and Black just ripped <laughs> baseball. I mean, on some pretty epic rants, uh, from me and Black last week. Of course, we were discussing the 30 for 30 uh documentary on Sam and Sosa and Mark McGuire, long gone summer and um You know, we said that, you know, we may never, ever, ever talk about baseball again after this episode, but we're wrong. We're talking about a little bit more baseball today. And our top five is our favorite. That's right. Baseball players for the top five this week. So, uh, you know, me and Black, we've we've. You know we watch some baseball. We know about the superstar baseball players, superstar baseball talents, um, that play the game. And you know we we know we want to show some love to those uh gentlemen. So black, let's kick it off, man. Black, shoot me your top five baseball players, your favorite baseball players of all time.
1: Okay, man. At number five, I got Mister Manny Ramirez. Mm. Um, if uh, I just just loved him in Boston, man. And he was a part of that team that yeah. came back from what three one down, if I'm not mistaken, to beat the Red Sox uh, and to get to a Royal Series. Three nothing. Three nothing down to beat the uh, Red Sox to, Even get worse. to a uh, Royal Series. And then at number four, uh, this guy could have potentially been number one on my list, but he's not. But he's by far one of my favorite players, Mr. David Ortiz. David <laughs> Ortiz, Poppy. man, I love Big Poppy, man. Just when he get to get to that plate, man, you know it's uh it's something it's finna be a show Facts. it's finna be a show Then at number three you're gonna be surprised by this one d but i love this guy i loved him and everything that he did uh that we know mr Dion sanders oh uh, wow i am so surprised okay w- with uh with the speed of stealing bases yep. and then people don't realize he was a pretty good uh baseball player yes, he and was. he won the royal series with the atlanta braves at number two i got mr ken griffey jr uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Mm. brought the swag back to baseball. Made it cool. Bring you know, it to one baseball. of the only yeah. bring it to baseball. One of the only baseball players that is cool to wear his sneakers. Yeah, you know when we were coming the up, only he, the only baseball player <laughs> we was coming up. We had Ken Griffey. Yes, you we know, did. those shoes were dope to have. Yep. So I got him at number two, and at number one, I always when I was younger, I always seen the Atlanta Braves always on TV. You know, they were always good, and there's one name you heard more than. Than others on the Atlanta Braves and that was Mr. Greg Maddox. Okay, picture dominant picture from the Atlanta Braves World mm. Series runner. Interesting. Uh, this guy name I always heard when I was a kid coming up. Mr. Greg it was Greg Maddox. Interesting. Uh, that's why I got him at number one.
0: Okay, cool. That's dope. That's dope. Okay, my list is a little different. Um, I don't have any Red Sox on here, <laughs> uh, so I ain't showing no love because I'm a Yankee fan mm. like that. But let's go ahead and get it kicked off at number five. <laughs> Jose Canseco is my fifth favorite baseball player of all time, including the steroid era. All that, all that in the bottle. I'm rocking with Jose Canseco, one half of the Bash Brothers. Uh, That was with Mark McGuire. And number four, we're going to go Alex Rodriguez. I mean, pound for pound, talent for talent. He might be the most talented baseball player to ever play the game. Everything. He did everything very good. Um, And Alex Rodriguez got a lot of love before... You know, everything kind of yeah. went crazy for him uh, later in his career. Uh, number three, Sammy Sosa. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know, Mar McGuire gets a lot of attention, like we talked about last week. But Sosa had charisma. Sosa had swag. He brought joy and life to baseball. And he never shied away from the media like McGuire did. So mm-hmm. every time you saw a Sammy Sosa interview, it was good. So yeah, I was. was a big fan of Sosa. Wish I could find his jersey online. Uh, number two, Derek Gitar, number two. I knew he was going to be in Derek leg. Gitar, <laughs> number two. Shout out to the legendary Yankees announcer when uh Jeter used to come up to the plate. What man can you say, man? Mr. Yankee. Mr. Mr. Yankee. Yeah. Mr. November. Mr. Pinstripe. Mr. Pinstripe. <laughs> Just a professional baseball player at the highest level. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a very good shortstop, very good hitter. Um, Jeter is just one of my favorite to watch. He was just always cool. Yeah, just always cool and collected. there Jeter was, and at number one, Ken Griffey, <laughs> Ken <laughs> Griffey Jr. Bro, like Black said, I ain't never seen swag and coolness in baseball until he arrived. I mean, the sneakers, the backwards hat, like the way he wore his uniform, the chains, chains the wristband, the chain. <laughs> like he was just so cool to look at you Ooh. know the athleticism we hadn't seen athleticism like that you know when he was first coming into the major league yeah. so ken griffith jr is my favorite uh baseball player of all time so we want to hear from you guys all listeners man if you tuned in to baseball and you kind of know the superstars of the sport holla at us man let us know who is your top five baseball players of all time all right, man, so we're going to get into our Tweet of the Week. Now, like I said earlier in the show, Black, like I have been kind of straying away, man, from talking about um, Dak Prescott situation. Um, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I am a Dak Prescott fan. And and I, I, I don't like what has been going on with Dak Prescott. And I purposely just kind of not said anything, but today is the day that we are going to talk about it. So we have a couple of tweets here uh, with people up in arms about Dak Prescott and this uh, uh, franchise tag team he's getting ready to sign. So we got my man's Buckeyes88. Good man, Dak. You'll get your money after you ball out this year. Dude gets no respect, and all he does is show up every Sunday and every Sunday to play his tail off. Somebody else don't feel that way. My man Dak Blows, that's his name on Twitter. He says, I've never seen a quarterback do less with more talent than Dak Prescott. His stats are inflated, and by being behind by being behind in teams playing nickel, look at the performance in games against quality opponents. My man Buckeyes88 responds. Uh, no, excuse me. M- Melanie Jordan responds to both of these guys and says, I agree. He's 13 and 17 against teams above 500. But Carson Wentz is 11 and 18. Drew Brees is 51 and 67. And Aaron Rodgers is 36 and 42 against 500 of better teams. Mm. Basically, most quarterbacks don't have great records versus rented teams. But let's bash Dak for dumb reasons. And I agree with her. So. Shout out to those three individuals uh, who had something to say about that first guy. Shout out to J. Cole Dreamville. You can get getting off and on that piff, SoundCloud, and anywhere other than ALC music. All right. All right, Black. So let's see. Like I said, Black. Let's just go. We've been kinda Let's go. You know, being <laughs> respectful of the situation. I just cause I just really want to see how it played out, man. But we haven't talked NFL here in a minute, man. So before we get going, let's go ahead and do our thing, man. Man. Yeah, y'all haven't heard that theme in a long time. Yeah, man. It felt
1: real good to hear that theme, man, going off, man. Yeah, we ain't
0: talking NFL. (laughs) We ain't talking NFL in a minute, man. So let's just jump right into it, man. Let's talk about a little bit what's going on in the National Football League. And let's start off with Dak Prescott. You know, um, like I said, you know, we everybody knows what's been going on with Dak. And if you don't know, you know, Dak has been trying to get a contract extension. He's um, you know, outplayed his contract and he's set to be a free agent. And the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they tagged him. They tagged him and now it's gotten to the point, man, where it's gotten to the deadline and look like Dak Prescott is going to sign a tenure, which is thirty-one point four million dollars that he is going to make this season, but he does not have the security of a long-term uh contract and most importantly he doesn't have the guaranteed money uh that is there uh that he is looking for. So like let's start with you man before I, you know, give my take <laughs> on this whole thing. What do you feel about Dak Prescott and this whole Saga storyline
2: soap opera, you know, dealing with his contract. What do you think? Um I think that I like Dak.
4: I uh, like
1: Dak, man. And I'm not I'm not a huge cowboy fan, but I I have a lot of respect for Dak, man, coming in what he did in his first year, proving people wrong, third round pick, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, him and uh Zeke Elliott just coming in and the Cowboys and uh putting life back into the Cowboys, mm-hmm. you know? And in big ways. But um we've seen we've seen since he's been in the league, man, he's a very consistent player, man. And and the one thing that one knock on him for me is in the big moments. Okay. He's, he's been there. He's done good in the big moments, but we know what it all comes down to. You know, uh, if you don't win, it always – the quarterbacks gets the blame. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, mm-hmm. in the games that he was supposed to win, in big games like you said, he struggled. <clears throat> okay. He struggled big. You know, one game in particular last year against Philadelphia when they had me, you win – uh, Bishop Kenny on the football field, and Dallas could not win in Philly for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He gets a lot of a lot of, a lot of hate for that, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I really, I really, I was one of the ones leaning on the side of you know Dak. I I kind of like what you're doing, man. Get your money; you deserve it, which he does. Like I see him better than a Car- Carson Wentz. I see him better than a, uh uh Jared Goff. golf. And um I see I, I I'll put him I wouldn't put him above uh, uh Russell Wilson or none of those guys yet, but he's up there. And um in, in this league, man, this is about pay your quarterback, pay pay your future. Mm-hmm. And that's what Dak is for the Dallas Cowboys. So uh him signing this 10 I didn't think this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I thought Dallas would have been able to figure something out and get him signed long term. Long term. But I'm happy for Dak. This $31 million on, on the franchise tag is beautiful. Mm. Sign that tender. Get your $31 million. I, I, thir- I I really like it for Dak. I think they're going to get in the camp whenever everything passes and they can get on the field bike working again. And I think Dallas is going to uh, shine this year. I really do. I uh, think Dallas is going to look really good. And then next year, you know, show me the money. Show me the money. Give this man the four year deal that he wants, not five year deal. But um, I'm 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 happy for Dak man. Um, nothing nothing bad to say about Dak Prescott.
0: So this 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 uh this message is for uh the people who are being um negative and to what Dak Prescott is doing to secure his financial future for the remainder of his life. Let's go back. Now, I want to name a couple of quarterbacks, and I want to kind of separate Dak Prescott from these guys. In his own division, you have the number two overall pick in the draft the same year that Dak Prescott came out and Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. A couple of years before that, you had the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, Jared Goff. You have guys like, um, uh, what's my man from Minnesota, Um, the starting quarterback for the uh, Vikings. Kurt Uh, Cousins. Kurt Cousins, who is out here. Um, We have guys out here um, like Derek Carr (laughs) out here um, making 30-something million dollars a year. So we have, and these four quarterbacks that I just named, I did not name you an Aaron Rodgers. I did not name you a Patrick Mahomes. I did not name you a Tom Brady. I didn't even name you a Drew Brees. I named you second-tier quarterbacks who have gotten paid, who have gotten their money. Let me read you a couple of stats on Dak Prescott. AP NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, something that none of those other quarterbacks have accomplished. Also, He was the NFL, Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Year in the same year. None of those other guys have done that. He's also passed for 15,778 yards. Touchdown to interception ratio is the best out of that class. 97 touchdowns to 36 interceptions. He has also rushed for 1,300 yards with another 21 touchdowns on the ground. He's played four seasons in the league. Two of the four seasons, his team has won the division.
2: One of those years, we were the second seed in the NFC. I'm sorry, has Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins done any of that? No, they haven't. And the reason
0: Carson Wentz has a Super Bowl ring is why, Black?
1: Nick Foles.
0: There you have it. (laughs) So why when we're talking about Dak Prescott getting his money, oh, he's not
2: a top 10 quarterback. He's not? (laughs) Oh, he's not an elite quarterback. He's not? I just gave you numbers. I gave you
0: numbers that these other quarterbacks who've gotten paid haven't accomplished. In what world does... Kirk Cousins deserves ninety million dollars fully guaranteed. That's his whole contract. But Dak Prescott can't get nothing higher than that, and Kirk Cousins ain't won nothing. No
1: division titles. Yeah. What has he done? Yeah. Rookies what awards have he? What What is he doing? Yeah, I just want to give you a bit of information on Kirk Cousins as well. Right before you finish, sure. You know the Forbes athletes highest paid athletes came out this year, correct? Mm -hmm. Do you know what what number Kirk Cousins was? Go ahead and make me mad. He was number nine.
0: (laughs) Now, how does that sound, bro? How does that sound? And I'm not dissing you, Kirk Cousins, if you just so happen to hear this. I want to know who
1: his agent is. I really do. Because he's doing a hell of a job. A hell of a
0: job. (laughs) So now, when we're talking about Dak Prescott, he's playing for the most recognizable franchise in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. And I understand there's a business here between Steven and Jerry versus Dak and his agent. I understand that. I'm not getting in the way of that because both parties are trying to do what's best for them. Mm -hmm. And all in all, Dak Prescott is getting ready to receive $32 million this year. But NFL players go for one thing and one thing only when it's time to redo their contract. It's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed money. So I'm not going to drag Jerry and Steven because they're doing what's best for their organization. But I'm going to drag all you fans out there, all you waiver fans who got to make up your mind if Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Why do we have to make up our minds about that? I just read off from the tweets of the week. These five quarterbacks like Drew Brees, like Aaron Rodgers, who don't have winning records against 500 teams. There's only three players in the past 10, three quarterbacks in the past 10 years who have winning records. And Peyton Manning is retired. (laughs) Tom Brady is 46 years old And the other one is Ben Roethlisberger Who's coming off a rotator cuff (laughs) So now we're talking about a 25, 26 year old quarterback Who is entering his prime Rookie of the year Two division titles under his belt And we want to say that
2: uh, We don't know if he's a top 10 quarterback The hell with you Because the work has already been done. It is time for him to get paid. And it's time for him to get paid like a top 10
0: quarterback in his sleeve. And you want to know why Dak Prescott is smart? Because he sees what's ahead. He's not going to take a deal that's going to punish him in the next two to three years when the player revenue changes. That's why he wants a four-year deal instead of a five-year deal. I don't got to be for Dak Prescott. I'm one of the biggest Cowboy fans there is. If you know me, you know I got Dallas Silver in blue in my blood. But he, I respect the man. But let's stop with trying to degrade the man as a quarterback. Let's stop with trying to degrade the man like he's not a hell of a football player. Let's stop doing that. Because you know who would like Dak Prescott as their quarterback? The Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> You don't think the Jaguars will want him?
1: Yeah, hell yeah.
0: There's another handful of teams who. You don't think that uh, uh, John Gruden would probably take Dak Prescott right now over Derek Carr? Hell yeah. <laughs> Do you think the Washington Redskins would take Dak Prescott over what's the boy at Ohio State? Uh, uh, exactly.
1: Man, I can't think of
0: it. Exactly. exactly. Nice. Exactly. But they definitely would take him. <laughs> so let's stop with this. Let's stop. Let's be respectful here. Let the man handle his business, and let's stop degrading him, and let's stop poo-pooing him under the
1: carpet like he's just some waterboard quarterback. And you, you know what kills me about it? It was okay when no disrespect to Russell Wilson, you're my guy. I love you. Yeah, it was nothing to be said when Russell Wilson said, "Well, I'm not. I'm going to hold out until I get my money." Correct, but because he's won a Super Bowl, he can. Uh, afford that luxury to say sure. I'm holding out, but um, sure. uh, Carson Wentz and those guys, you know, Shoot. they don't have to say a word and get their money. A lot of it. A lot of Coming it. Coming off an injury
0: and getting their money. Wasn't even a quarterback in the playoffs that won the city of Philadelphia Super Bowl, but he got a contract extension the next season,
1: bro. Go- Jared Goff, my hat's off to you, brother. You got to a Super Bowl, you got to one, but you ran into Tom Brady, and you look... Horrible. horror In the Super Bowl. The worst offensive <laughs> showing from a quarterback <laughs> in Super Bowl I'm, history. I'm pretty sure if Dak had got to that Super Bowl, I think he would have put up a better showing yes. than you would have. But these guys have been paid. It's You know what? I'm going to take this somewhere. And, 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 and,
2: uh,
1: shout out uh, to Papa Gary because he, he put me on something a while ago about this. Shout out Papa Gary. You ever noticed that, no disrespect, but the quarterbacks who have to fight for their contracts are always the up and coming black quarterbacks Uh and the white quarterbacks sit and get their money Mm. no matter if they've been hurt no matter if they've won but have if, if they showed any type of being elite player oh we can grow from grow from grow on from here they get elite money Jimmy Garoppolo, we've never seen Jimmy Garoppolo start a full season, and he got almost $30 million from the San Francisco 49ers. But we want to bash Dak Prescott for not signing his deal that the, the Cowboys will offer him over and over yep. and over again.
2: Yep,
1: I have, some, I have some good friends and some co-workers of mine who are really pissed at Dak, but I don't see the reasons why. No. I don't understand them because I no. know Cowboys fans are really anxious for this year. Sure. It's a lot of talent. Sure. In, in the cow, uh, Cowboys got a lot to look forward to this sure. year. And they just want their quarterback. I think it's more if they want their quarterback to be signed and let's just move on to the next thing. Sure, But this man deserves his money. Absolutely. So I'm cool with the process. Mm-hmm. If we have to go through this year in and year out, why not pay Dak? Why not pay Dak last year? Carson Wentz got paid in his third year. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Jared it, Goff got paid after just after losing the Super Bowl and looking horrible. Yes, he did. So why couldn't Dak get his money? Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I don't. I. I I I really blame Jerry D- Jones and everybody who's in authority in the Cowboys. Okay. I blame them. Okay. I blame them for this situation. Okay. Because what if Dak was... Let's just say Dak was like, you know what? I'm betting on myself, which he did last year. He had a great year. He did. He did have a great year. And then most of the guys that bet on themselves and have g- great years, you're supposed to pay those guys.
0: Yep. Like, like like the Vikings paid Kirk Cousins.
1: Exactly. Who's in the top 10 of Forbes list. Kills me.
0: That's ridiculous. What has he done? That's ridiculous. To deserve that, he's not even a top ten quarterback in the league. This man is not a top ten quarterback in the league, but he was number nine on the, on the Forbes list for sports athletes. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Come on, man. Dag, if you happen to hear this, if you happen to hear this, brother, I'm on your side. Yes, sir. Go ahead and sign your beautiful tender. Beautiful.
0: Get your 30. Thirty-two
1: million dollars is awesome. Get your thirty. I run to I run to Cowboy Stadium right now with my mask <laughs> on and sign the papers. <laughs> because you know what? If you happen, if you if 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 you happen to win that division, Ooh. you happen to get to the playoffs mm-hmm. and get to a Super Bowl, and let's just say Mister Prescott ends up winning a Super Bowl. Lord, you have know mercy. what then? Back the Do struggle. you know what then? Beep. 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 He. Won- he, won't, beep, beep, <laughs> he won't have to say much then. Back he can, the Brink's truck up. He can up. just sit back and wait for his phone to ring. Back the Brink's truck up. Because I'm a, I'm a betting guy, and I'm pretty sure the Cowboys are going to have an awesome year this year. When I'm going to go and say Super Bowl, I'm on a fence with that. But mm-hmm. they got the talent, they got the defense, and they have the coach now that I feel that could potentially get them over the top. So we're going to see what happens, but Dak is the engine of all of it and you need him in there. So kudos to Dak for getting going to sign his tender. I'm happy for you. Now the Cowboys can move on to the very next thing and that's uh getting to the playoffs and trying to get to a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I hope the Dallas Cowboys front office have to eat their words like Black saying like Black said. I hope the Dallas Cowboys front office is faced to look in the mirror and rival a contract that Patrick Mahomes is about to receive. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is about to be the first $200 million <laughs> quarterback in yes, NFL he is. history. So I hope that Dak Prescott goes out, and not just because I'm a Cowboys fan. This is two ways for me. I hope he can go out and the Cowboys go 14-2, be the number one overall seed in the NFC, blow through the playoffs, and look whoever in the eye of the Super Bowl and beat them by twenty one, <laughs> and then the next day, I hope Dak Prescott agent see, age, it's Dak Prescott agent sends a fax to Jerry Jones with just one thing on it, black. And you want to know what that one thing is? No.
1: What's that? Two
0: hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope happens because this is egregious. It is. It is. So look again. Let's stop it. We're trying to dilute Dak Dak Prescott as a NFL quarterback. Let's stop trying to put a stain on this man's jersey. When he's four years into the league, two division champions, two division championships, former rookie of the year, and this guy was a fourth-round pick out of Mississippi State. (laughs) Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, stop playing, man. Let's get this thing right. Alright, Black, let's transition, man, out of this, man. So interesting list came out, man. Uh, NFL.com. Uh, they put out their top 10 quarterbacks that will be entering into the 2021 season. Now, this list is ultra interesting, Black. So I'm gonna read out the top 10 quarterbacks, and then we're gonna break this down and see who shouldn't be here and who should be at it. So here we go. At number 10, we got returning. Broken rotator cuff, Ben Roethlisberger, who missed the whole season last year, at number 10. At number 9, we got Tom Brady. At number 8, we got Carson Wentz. At number 7, we have Matthew Stafford. At number 6, we got Deshaun Watson. Oh, and look at there. At number 5, we got Dak Prescott. And number four, we got Drew Breezy. at number three, we got Russell Wilson, and at number two, Lamar Jackson. And of course, at number one, we have Patrick Mahomeboy sitting at number one.
2: Black. What do you see an incredibly disgusting
0: <laughs> with this list? Because I got three things
1: in particular.: Yeah. what you got, Black? My first thing and foremost, why the hell is Matthew Stafford on this list? Great question, Black. He needs to go. (laughs) And the disrespect of the six-time champion at number nine. I'm seeing a trend here, Dedrick. In in, uh, NBA basketball, what was Kobe Bryant ranked on the list? Number eight. And they have Tom Brady ranked number nine uh-huh. on the NFL list. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: Matthew Stafford has to go. Tom Brady has to be moved up. But this one I'm not going to do. I'm not going
1: to put Tom Brady over Deshaun Watson right now. So he's, he takes Matthew Stafford's spot. Aaron Rodgers needs to be in here. But I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him Tom Brady spot at number nine. Mm-hmm. Me personally, um, Ben Roethlisberger. He would if he didn't get hurt last year. He would be on this list. So I'm fine with him being at number ten. Um, oh, man, that that top six man is beautiful. Pat Mahomes spot. Solidified Lamar solidified at, at three. Drew Brees he had he's done a lot in the regular season, but he hasn't been coming through when it when it when it matters the most. Mm-hmm. We've seen some electrifying stuff from Dak Prescott mm-hmm. and also Deshaun Watson. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drop Brees down to number six, and I'm gonna move Deshaun and Dak up. Mm-hmm. On that list. And so I got Pat Mahomes, Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott,
2: Deshaun Watson, and I have uh, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, um, Aaron Rodgers, and Ben Roethlisberger. That's my 10. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, so I'm looking at this list, and the first thing I did was just bust out laughing. (laughs) Uh, at the mere fact of Matthew Stafford being number seven, uh, for what? <laughs> or, 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 or are we still talking arm talent? That's what we're talking about here? We're talking about how far he can throw the football? That got to be what it is. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, what have we seen from Matt, Styber, Matt Stafford that made people think, oh, yeah, Matt Stafford's something you got to deal with? No, he's not. The man don't got no division titles. He went to the playoffs one time and got beat. Yeah. He has no awards. By the Cowboys. That's right. He has no awards. <laughs> I, I'm just not honest. I was just blown away by this. And then Big Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, okay. I get it. I understand. When Big yeah, Ben he, is healthy, he's he is a problem. He would be on his list, D. But coming into the season was the reason this graph was made. And we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him. So you wouldn't put him on there. I wouldn't put him at 10 to start the season. No, because we don't know. This man is coming off a torn, rotator cup. That's a serious injury. And then and then they got Carson Wentz at number 8. Now look, the talent for Carson Wentz, I hear what y'all saying. But I ain't show by none of this man. I ain't seen no- this is just me. I ain't seen nothing from Carson Wentz that make me say man. Now he's talented. Yeah. But I ain't seen it. Because when the Super Bowl trophy, the, Larry, the, uh, the uh, Lombardi trophy was being hoisted in the Super Bowl, who was the quarterback hoisting that? Nicholas Foles. And then the next year, when the Eagles was trying to repeat and Wentz got hurt again, I'm sorry, who was the quarterback who went to Chicago when it was negative 20 degrees and got the win? Nick Foles. And who was a quarterback that was in the uh, the division around the next week? One pass away if it wasn't for Alshon Jeffries dropping a wide-open touchdown pass to send the Eagles back to the NFC Championship game. Who was the quarterback making that throw? Nick Foles. Have we ever seen Carson Wentz in the playoffs? No, we haven't. Have, have we ever seen him do anything remotely to win a division
1: championship? No, we haven't. So, it. I'm confused at Carson Wentz even being on this list. But he did make the playoffs without a number one receiver last year, D. He did? Yes, he did. He did? He went to the playoffs. Oh, he did? Without a number one receiver. What'd he do? Lost. Okay, there we go. All right, so. Because he, what, got hurt again,
0: correct? Correct. <laughs> so... <laughs> i'm I'm looking at this man the top five is pretty solid for me right now i'm putting russell wilson over lamar jackson lamar had a great year last year he arrived last year he will be around for a long time but russell wilson is the most all-around quarterback in football and he has been why he doesn't make mistakes he completes the big passes on third down. He can use his legs. And he's smart. He's smart out there. Yes, and the is. Seahawks with nothing continue to be in the playoffs. Year in and year out. After the Legion of Boom broke up, after the whole offense just broke down, Marshawn Lynch moved on, Lockett got hurt in his neck like Doug Baldwin was just out there. That's it. And somehow, some way, last year, they went to San Francisco on a Monday night against the best team in the league last year at this time and knocked them off. With no one. With no one. So I'm confused at why Russell Wilson is not Hitting at twice. L- yeah, he he wasn't, he wasn't. He should be a little bit higher to me. Okay. Now Lamar Jackson will be around. I, I know that for a fact. Drew Brees at four. Ah, <sighs> here we go. I'm taking Drew Brees out. Mm. I got I got Deshaun at four. I got Deshaun at four. I got Dak at five. And I put Breezy at six. Mm. I put Breezy at six. No, no, no. Excuse me. I put Tom at six. And I got Breezy at seven. Okay. I got Breezy down on this list. Okay. You know, so the top five... The correct names, you know, they're there, but they ain't there. I'm definitely putting Deshaun Watson, and because uh, it wasn't Deshaun Watson's fault in the in the AFC in the division round of the AFC Championship playoffs when they went out and scored thirty thousand points on the Chiefs in the first quarter. It was thirty to three at the end of the first. <laughs> Any other team would have won that game in advance to the AFC Championship game. But Bill O'Brien and that stinking raggedy defense couldn't just, y'all, y'all couldn't just put y'all hand on the wound. Y'all couldn't, y'all couldn't do nothing with Pat Bowles for just one series. Them boys scored touchdowns on six.
2: Straight series, Black. <laughs> we remember that game. Yes, we do. The Texans was rolling, man. Yes, they
0: were. So how do we not have Deshaun Watson a top five quarterback? Because it wasn't his fault. Deshaun didn't blow the game. He didn't throw
2: any picks. Mm -mm. He threw five touchdown passes, 500 yards passing. He was exceptional. But why is he number six on this list?
0: I'm sorry. He is the number four quarterback on this list, followed by Dak Prescott. So you put him over Dak right I now? I do. I do. Okay. I put him over Dak because we watched that Buffalo game together. We watched that wild card game really? last year. Yeah. And we seen the heroics that he had to do to make sure his team won that game. Because Buffalo was a better team. They had the better defense. They did. They was running the ball, exceptional. And Josh Allen was making You know what they didn't have? They did the
1: best quarterback, though.
0: They didn't, but Josh Allen didn't make no mistakes. He didn't. Buffalo should have won that game. But Deshaun Watson said, uh-uh. <laughs> he said, uh-uh. We're going to win this game. And I don't see any reason why Deshaun Watson shouldn't be above Drew Brees and Dak Prescott. Okay. I don't see that. So, you know, this list is, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It has its flaws. And just because it has its flaws, that's why the sports disc is talking about it. Uh, so we'd like to hear from y'all, man. Uh, do you have a problem with this list? You know, who should be in the top 10? Who got left out? You know, who shouldn't be there, man? Y'all hit us up and let us know what you think. All right, so one last thing, Black. We have maybe, maybe, just maybe, the best safety in the National Football League. Jamal Adams has informed the New York Football Jets that he wants out and he has provided a list to the teams, to the the Jets, where he would like to be traded. And here is the list. It is lengthy, and I don't blame him for wanting to go these places. But he got the Ravens, Mm. the Cowboys, Mm. the Texans, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. That is Jamal Adams' list. Mm. And here is what's going to get Jamal Adams traded. He has informed the Jets that he, wouldn't, he, will, he, will, he is not going to sign an extension, but the team that trades for him, he is not requiring a new contract. He will play out the last year of his deal on his rookie contract, and then he can hit the free agent market. So that's what's going to make Jamal Adams attractive, because he's not going to be screaming from the top of his lungs, pay me, pay me, pay me. Nah, he just don't want to be a Jet no more. So Black, out of the seven teams that I just named, Okay, two questions. What team would you like to see him with? And what team do you think he fits? Team you would like to see him with, but what team does he fit, uh, you know, with him going there? The
1: team that I would like to see him with is the Houston Texans. Okay. With Deshaun Watson. Okay. I think that would be awesome. You know, he's from the Houston area. Why not? You know why not go home and play for Houston? Him and just him on the defense. You got a star on the defensive side, and then you got Deshaun on the offensive side. Okay. Uh, you you happen to lose potentially one of the best receivers in the league. Why not go and get uh?
2: Why not go and get him? Okay. You know, I got you. But the team that I think he ends up with, mm. I'm going and I'm going to go ahead and say it because he would be a hell of a fit.
1: Because I'm looking at all the pieces on the defensive side. I'm thinking about them in my head right now. And I don't know. I can't even name you the safety of this team. But I'm going to have to go to Seattle Seahawks. Okay. I'm okay. going to have to go to Seattle Seahawks. I think okay. he'll be a perfect fit in Seattle. Because I'm pretty sure you can't name me who their safety is. I can't. No. not So I'm here, no. going to say the perfect fit with him will be the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Okay. Now, just to speak on Jamal Adams, man. He is a... Unbelievable football player, a stud safety in the league, arguably, arguably the best safety in all of football. And whoever gets this young man, your defense is going to be uh, much improved. Mm-hmm. But the team who I would like to see him uh, travel to and play for next year is, of course, my Dallas Cowboys. I would love to see Jamal Adams, even though he's from around the Houston area, the Cowboys are still in Texas, so (laughs) the family from Houston, they can get on a bus or whatever and make their way right on up to Dallas and see Jamal (laughs) play every single week. But the team who I think he will end up with, man, it was down to two. It was down to two, man. But I think he ends up with the Chiefs, man. Mm. I think he ends up with the Chiefs.
2: Look, the combination of him and Matthew back there, mm. strong and free safety, is attractive.
0: I was doing some research why I say the Chiefs. They can pull this off. Mm-hmm. They have the cap space. He doesn't want a new contract. They have the bodies that they can afford to move around to bring in a Jamal Adams. Now, the Chiefs' defense was Ben Bedok break last year. If you add Jamal Adams to the Chiefs, you can lock it up. Yes, you can. If everybody stays healthy, you can lock it up. And when I say lock it up, I mean chip. Because that is going to be a no-fly zone. (laughs) Really bad deal. Tyrone Matthew already gets slept on. Yeah, he do. When a lot of people talk defensive players... And safeties, they don't, talk they don't really talk, Matthew. And I don't
2: understand why. This man is a hell of a player. And if you put him right next to Jamal
0: Adams, no fly zone, man. And I think Andy Reid knows that his offense is good. They don't have to add anything to that offense. They are good to go. The offensive line is, is decent to pretty good. But on that defensive side of the ball, if they can add Jamal Adams, I think that would be something to see. But I hope he ends up a Dallas Cowboy. Let's just keep it funky. <laughs> It'll make me sick to my stomach if he becomes a Philadelphia Eagle. i would probably bark mm. for two days straight if he become an Eagle. Him being a Raven, I mean, he, say, he played the same position as Earl Thomas. So I don't really know, you know, what you're going to do. Then not saying that one of them can't move, you know, over a bit. But, you know, Houston? Definitely can see that, yeah. you know, in Houston. I and the 49ers? See Seattle,
1: boy. Oh, I Seattle. Yikes.
0: Seattle, Yikes. Seattle yeah. and 49ers, you know. If you add him to the back end with, what the, with uh, Bosa and all them boys they got running up front, my yeah, God. Yeah, they need
1: somebody back there because Sherman's old. Yes, yes. And it showed. Yeah. And it showed in the Super Bowl, man. It, it did. Showed. It did. It showed in the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: So it, it it that's going to be real intriguing, man. We're going to keep our eyes close to see where Jamal Adams uh, ends up, man. Um, hopefully, he does get traded because the New York Jets are just god awful. I could see and, why he won out. And Adam Gase, what kind of why is Adam Gase the head coach? <laughs> what did he do in Miami to make y'all think? It, wait a minute, did he, he got fired from the Jets? So no, yeah. What did he do in Miami? What did he do to make y'all think that he was qualified to be a head coach again? Adam Gates. But anyway, that's another story and a topic for another show. All right, man. So that's going to wrap up our NFL talk today. Um, so we're going to transition over until the National Basketball Association. <laughs>
1: Hey, bro! You listening to the sports desk? The sports desk. You're listening to
3: the sports show.
0: All right, all right. Let's talk a little NBA, okay? So. Um, this past week, man, things got really interesting out there, man. And, um, we just want to take the time to kind of address, uh, the confrontation or the, 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 back and forth between Kendrick Perkins and Kevin Durant that took place this week. And I probably can speak for a lot of people, but everything that's going on in the world right now and all the change that is, um, you know, being pushed all across this country and all across the world, seeing this put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And me and Black want to discuss it for a second. So let's just set the table real fast. Um, Everybody's been real critical. Not everybody. Uh, Kendrick Perkins was very critical of Kyrie Irving's approach um, to everything that they're trying to do. Um, even inquiring, not restarting the season, boycotting the bubble, even starting the you know their own league. All of those things were, uh, have come out. And Kendra Perkins has been one of the voices saying, hey, Kyrie, you know, if you don't want to retire, dedicate your life like Maya Moore did and go out into the field and push this cause. But don't try to shut down basketball like basketball is needed. Don't shut this thing. We're not doing this. You need to take another angle. That's what Kendrick Perkins was saying to Kyrie Irving. And then Kevin Durant raises his head up out of the dirt and he goes on social media and does one of the most disgusting things that I have, that I had seen. And he refers to this man, Kendrick Perkins, as a sellout. And he tweets a picture of Perk shooting an air ball on the Instagram and asked Kendrick Perkins on it. And I think that was just utterly disgusting that that took place, and Kevin Durant played a part in that. So, Black, let me get your thoughts on just the whole thing that went down
1: with Perk and KD. Um, I know we talked when we was preparing for the show for this, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just 100% D. I'm just over this shit with them, man. Ooh. I'm just over this shit, man, with Kendrick, Perf- Kendrick Perkins and uh, Kevin Durant. You know, I take no side in this at all. Um, Kendrick Perkins I'm gonna start with you you had a man come to you and confide in you what personal things and uh, when you're on the basketball team it's a cold a brother cold sure. you know certain stuff don't supposed to get out but I, I understand you have a job but it's, certain things you, got, I feel like you can hold to
2: yourself and keep to yourself Facts. Kevin Durant I'm just tired of the whole you go quiet for months and months
1: and months and months I didn't see you raise your head when um everything was is, that's going on in the world. What did you have to say about that? I may have missed it, D, but I didn't see anything from you. Mm-hmm. But I see you commenting on what Kendra Perkins is saying, mm-hmm. and for you to come at this man the way he did, and um from leaving from, from listening to what Kendra Perkins said, man, y'all had a close relationship. You didn't met his wife. You didn't met his kids. Been to his house. Held his kids. You know, played with his kids. You know. All this stuff going on, and now y'all just bitter enemies. What type of friendship is what type of friendship is that? I'm I'm just tired of it because everyone knows that listen to the show. Me and me and Dedrick are best friends. And Dedrick, if something arises, what do we do? We talk about it, man. We, hash we talk it about out. hash it out. Right, we don't
0: bash each other. We
1: don't diss each other. We don't we do talk. that, right? Nah, and that's what we seen in this situation, right?
2: Yeah.
1: So yeah. Kendrick Perkins. And Kevin Durant. You are both to blame in this situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the bitching like women. Mm. I'm ready for basketball to start back. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to be hearing from the NBA is two women arguing. So let's get off your high horses and be real men. And let's make a phone call or a trip because you're allowed to make trips. And let's hash this thing out and be over with it. Mm -hmm. That's it for me on that.
0: I agree with Black. From what we've been told, Kendrick Persons and Kevin, Kendrick Perkins and Kevin Durant had some type of brotherhood, some type of deep friendship, some something, a, a bond. They, they had a bomb with one another. A lot of people called Kendrick Perkins, Kevin Durant's enforcer their time in Oklahoma City. And Kevin Durant mentioned Kendrick Perkins' names, name in his MVP speech when he won the MVP. And There were not a lot of players that Kevin Durant mentioned. But Kendrick Perkins was one of those players. So let's go back to the uh, situation at hand. We know what's going on in this country.
2: We know the energy that's being pushed all over the world for social justice, for social reform, race reform, Black Lives Matter. That's what we are talking about here. Change in the judicial systems. Systemic racism. Police brutality. George Floyd. Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, we're talking about this, so when I am disturbed out of my mind to see
0: that an immature superstar basketball player like Kevin Durant, who didn't have the balls or the guts to contact a Kendrick Perkins because he felt he disagreed about Perk's thoughts and talks about what Kyrie Irving is doing. Instead, you go to social media and you make fun of the man by shooting an airball, And you call him the most disgusting thing. One of the most disgusting things you can call another grown man a sellout. Meaning what, Kevin Durant? What what is he a sellout about? Because he's fighting the same good fight that you're supposedly fighting. The same good fight that Kyrie Irving is fighting. LeBron James and so on and so on. So he's a sellout at what? So while you put this out and you shifted the energy. From what we got going on in this world. Because the murderers who killed Breonna Taylor are still not arrested. And that's what we're talking about all these weeks. You, can, you make the world shift to your ignorance. Instead of talking about Breonna Taylor. Or George Floyd or any other of the people who I named who was
2: senselessly taken away. And how do you feel about that, Kevin Durant? I lost respect for you. You're, a world, you're one of the
0: world's greatest basketball players, but I can care less about that now. Because you didn't show humanity. (laughs) You didn't show any type of thought by doing that. Because you have a personal issue with Kendrick Perkins.
2: That disgusts me. I despise it. Kevin Durant, I hope somebody checked you.
0: Because after you said that, and even after Kendrick Perkins replied to you, we haven't heard you speak. You went back into your cupboard hole. You went back into your cave. And I hope somebody pulled you aside. Nah, better yet, I hope somebody got in your face and said, Kevin Durant, what the hell are you doing? Hmm. The movement that's been going on in this country for the past month or so, you want to get on your high horse and get in your feelings and distract that? You should be ashamed of yourself, Kevin Durant, and I lost respect for you. I can care less about you being one of the world's greatest basketball players. Can't care less.
2: Get yourself together. Get yourself together, Kevin Durant. Please. Because what we need right now is for you to be more
0: positive. And if you got a real issue with Kendrick Perkins, the very man whose house you've been in, the very man whose wife cooked you pre and post game dinners, the very man whose children call you Uncle Kevin. The very man's house that you walked up and down? That man is a sellout? That man who was using his platform for good is someone that you want to attack? Man, please, man. And like Black said, real brothers, real, real people who have real friendships and who really got love for somebody else, they don't roll like that. Me and Black that had plenty of disagreements. Me and Black that had plenty of things that we didn't see out of our own. But eventually we worked him out. We talked to him. We continued our friendship, our brotherhood. I advise you to try to do the same thing, man. As far as Kendrick Perkins goes, I see nothing wrong with what he's doing. He voices his opinion about the way Kyrie Irving was going about things. He has the right to do that. We've said he on the sports desk over and over again, there's different lanes to
2: accomplishing a championship. And what is a championship? Racial justice. Equality on the racial level is the championship. So Kendrick Perkins has the right to say what he wants. Cameron
0: Durant, you could have came at that a whole nother way. Let's do better and let's get back to what we got going. And keep all this ridiculous garbage out of the media. Because that's what they want. Hmm. They want to see the division. They want to see the divide. So they won't. But that's not what's needed and that's what's necessary. Get it together, man. You and Kendrick Perkins, if y'all real brothers, y'all go ahead and handle that and talk and take care of that. Either you see eye to eye or you don't. But we don't need to see this, bro. You will need to see this, bro. So that's all I got on that part, man. It made me sick to see it. It made me feel a way to see it, man. And I hope we never see nothing like that again. Hopefully somebody got with Kevin Durant and let him know he was a dummy. <laughs> Absolutely. A dummy. For absolutely. doing that. absolutely. For doing that. All right, Black. So let's talk a little bit more NBA, man. We got the bubble coming up, man. Orlando bubble. Teams are getting ready to start packing up and head down to Orlando. Um, the NBA has given a deadline, which is this Wednesday, I believe, the 23rd, for players to say, hey, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. And as a result of that, word on the street is, a couple Clipper players might not be trying to come to Orlando. Henceforth, Joe Kim Noah being signed by the Clippers earlier this week for the remainder of the season. So, Black, I want to ask you, what are the chances that we see significant impact NBA players not come to the bubble for either one or two reasons? For health reasons with the virus
2: or uh, social justice that we have going on? Um, I really think it's a good chance, man, but
1: I really hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, everybody, everybody feel a certain way about everything. If it's not social du- justice and, uh, and coronavirus and everything that's going on. Yeah. I think it's people, I think it's players that really want to be out there, but they're not willing to put their health. And the cause that we are fighting today, yeah uh replace that with basketball, yeah, and it's understandable, I understand it um I really, really hope that these guys you know meet or some i, I like a LeBron James a face somebody somebody just come together and talk to these guys and let them know we need this- mm-hmm. we need this, you know, I understand that LeBron James may be the face of the league, but we need. We need other star players. We need those guys. A Lou Williams. I would love to see a Lou Williams on the Clippers playing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think the the Clippers are better or or fans will be best. It's, it's, it's plenty of fans out there that are uh fans of Lou Williams. You mm-hmm. know, they like to see Lou Williams play. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to see those type of guys holding out and, you know, not wanting to play basketball, people saying they're fifty-fifty on the fence. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the idea of the uh was it was it the uh, free agents the pool the pool of yeah, yeah, free agents? Yeah. That's why I like that idea. You know, you may not get the guys that you want to see, but there's other guys out there yeah. that could fill those voids. And like you said, Joe Kim Noah, you know, he's a, he he he's he's a face. He's he's a MG guy, two time defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Like that'll be a good fit for him. So I'm I'm interested to see who the players are going to be uh, that that don't show up. Uh, but I hope that a lot of the star players and the uh, role players changed their mind on the idea of not showing up to Orlando to play, to finish out the NBA finals. I mean, the NBA season. Right. Yeah, I agree, man. I kind of, you know, my
0: stance is with anybody who's considered for the social justice and the, you know, a racially quarterly topic is it's not going to get changed, you know, in the next week or two, this thing is going to take years You know, laws are going to have to be passed. People's minds are going to have to be challenged. Like there's a whole movement that's going to go on for decades. You know, and I get it. What we're doing right now is an excellent start. What we're seeing in the world is a excellent start. I understand that. But again, like I said last week, the platform that you have, the NBA is the biggest that you can get. I don't know a bigger platform when these games tip off. The entire world is going to be locked in. What better stage? Then to voice your opinions during pregame, postgame, um, uh, during the game, like whatever, like wh- why, why not use that platform? Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to, you know, speak on what somebody may may want to do. I'm not here to do that. But I'm just from my mind. I'm like, wow, like if I is am if as heavy hearted as I am about Black Lives Matter, everything that's going on out there. If I'm an NBA player, I can't wait to get an NBA microphone in front of me. (laughs) I can't wait for ESPN or or FS1 or whoever to want to talk to me. I can't wait. I can't wait. So um, I hope everyone shows up. But I do believe by Wednesday, we are going to get a couple of players who either check out for the virus or they check out – you know, uh, for everything that's going on racially in the world, you know, I believe we are going to see that. Um, but I just echo the sentiments of my man's. I can't believe I'm saying this, Pat Bell. <laughs> if King James say we hooping, hey, we hooping. Tip up, <laughs> tip it up. July 30th. Cannot get here fast enough. All right, man. So that was our NBA talk uh, for today. We're gonna transition to a little college football, man. We're gonna. Have a nice conversation. Right, all right, all right. So let's talk a little bit, Black. So during the week, you know, me and Black are a part of a uh, uh, a very fun group chat out here, and, and Black shot some information to the group that kind of got the guys speaking. You know, kind of got the guys kind of riled up. You know, shout out Cartier Cole, Mama Mama's youngest baby available everywhere, iTunes, Title, Spotify. Y'all go get that. Shout, shout out, out Cole. Shout out Cole. And shout out Freddie Bricks, man. Shout out Fred. Um, who was a part of that conversation? So the conversation was simply Percy Harvin or Peter Ward. Who 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 was the more dynamic? What side are you on? I got kind of called out by Cole in the chat, you know, and I was saying, man, this is close, 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 close with these two guys. And Cole told me to pick a side, and I kind of did that on the star bench and cut. But I'm still, you know, with the Garnet and Gold. But but Black, man, let's talk about these two players. And we're going to expand on this conversation uh, with with those gentlemen, Cartier Cole and uh, Fred. We're going to get their thoughts at a later date. But let's just start it off. Let's talk about Harvin and and Ward, man. Just talk about what you've seen with them, Black. Just talk about what you saw when these players took the field, man, uh, every Saturday.
1: Man, uh, electric fine, man. Electric
2: fine. Yep.
1: Yep. Peter warwick man i'm gonna know through and through like sure. this guy man just he was he was he was Reggie bush before Reggie bush mm-hmm. but at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. you know just stopping on a dime and picking up speed you know just <laughs> everything you wanted in a football player back in the 90s you had it in peter warwick right as a wide receiver and and, and i And I want to take a piece from the king. Okay. And the king also said this, and I want to remind y'all of this. Okay. He said the reason he wore number nine in high school was because Peter Rorick. He did say that. Yes, he did. He
0: did say that.
1: (laughs) He said Peter Rorick was the reason he put on the pads. (laughs)
0: Uh, He did say that. He did say that.
1: This guy, man, just, and, 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 and we're talking about a receiver who finished third in the Heisman, potentially could have won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to Ron Dane. If my man wouldn't have got suspended or made a bonehead decision, he would have got it. He would have been the Heisman Trophy winner. Facts. But we make up for that and go to New Orleans. Yeah. And face Michael Vick and the Virginia Tech Hokies. Mm hmm. And we just do everything, a punt return touchdown, two receiving touchdowns. hmm And win offensive, uh, I mean, win the offensive MVP for the national title. Yeah. Saturday after Saturday, and I know Deacon can answer for this. Sure. We witnessed greatness. We did. From Peter Warwick. We did. Those were the times when it was really fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm to be a young kid coming up in the 90s and say that we were no fans. Sure. No disrespect to Percy Harvin. Mm. No disrespect, and I'm going to go to him now. <laughs> Percy, <laughs> you're awesome. I'm not, I, I hate the Gators, but I don't hate you. <laughs> I don't hate you. Yeah. Next to Peter Warwick, you right there. You're right there. Electric fine. Mm-hmm. National Championship. I give it to you in punt return, kickoff return, running back position, receiver. You yeah. did it all. Yeah. Every time this man stepped on the field, he seen the end zone. Yeah. Every time this man touched the ball, you know you had problems on your hands. Yeah. A lot of people say they give a lot of respect to T Bowl for, for those teams, but not me. Mm. You know, you're not me. Hmm. Because what about the times Tebow wasn't throwing you the ball? Hmm. Or giving you the ball?
2: Okay. What
1: about the special team touchdown, the kickoff return touchdowns? Okay. What about the running back, t- the plays from out the running back touchdowns? What about those? Hmm. I just enjoyed these two guys, man, as a whole, football players, man. They, these are the two guys that make college football fun to
2: watch. Yep. These are two of my favorite players in college football all time. I enjoyed it, and it's so, so hard to de- to debate
1: this, and I can't wait till we get into it. Yeah, but I'm a no through and through. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure any gator that will probably come and sit in here and sit in this chair okay. will tell you they're a gator through and through so you know who they're going to roll with. Uh-huh) <laughs> But Percy, Peter Warwick, I appreciate all, everything that you have given us in college football, man. It is truly missed. It is truly missed. Yeah. From you guys. But um, I got to roll with my guy, Peter Warwick, man. I got you. I, got I have you. to. I got you. I got you. The most electrifying man next to Reggie Bush is Mr. P- Mr. Peter Warwick. Mr. Stop on the Dime. And pick it right back up. Let your flies bleed.
2: Mr. Peter Warwick, number nine. Look, this is so hard. This is just,
0: this is stupid hard. This is stupid hard. And I'm a Florida State fan. But just for that one Saturday, like I said earlier, and, and, and start bitching cut, I said what I said, bro. And this is why I'm saying it, man. Peter Ward was one of the first of his kind. I mean, you could argue him and like Charles Woodson, kind of like just out of this world type athletes in college football. And I'm pretty sure there might have been some others. But with my eyes, those were the two in that era, man, where I was like, wow, like these dudes are exceptional. But I'm gonna take Peter Ward over a Charles Woodson as a football player on my team. That's just me. And I seen Peter Wark stop on the dime and make two dudes hit each other. And, you know, as a very good receiver for Florida State, just ultra, ultra talented man. But the thing about Percy Harvin that makes him so, well, not so, but makes him a little bit more attractive to me than Peter Ward was dog, like it don't matter where. Percy Harvin. This man was lining up at tight end, (laughs) slot, outside receiver, tailback, flanker, quarterback, (laughs) right tackle. This man was lining up everywhere, bro. Like when Peter Ward and I know offensive had you know the offensive game had progressed by the time Percy Harvin got to Florida, but you know we saw Peter Ward punt return. We've seen him in the slot. You know he might have took some handoffs in the backfield here and there. And I know what I'm talking about, because I went back and I reviewed. I said, just make sure I wasn't tripping on these two players. I'm not saying Pretty Ward couldn't have did what Percy Harvin did, because he absolutely could have. But I just gotta go off like my boy at Smooth say, what did we see happen? What did we see? And I see this man line up literally everywhere, man. Like and, and then score. Take it to the house. Like one cut flowing like water, like just so beautifully done. Percy Harvey is like a beautiful looking football player. <laughs> not to say Peter Ward was. I'm not dissing Peter Ward. Please, please, my Florida State family out there, don't don't hit me. Don't hit me. I know y'all are sitting by. Like what is D doing?
2: <laughs> Cole gonna kill you, but I, he is. Cole gonna kill me,
0: <laughs> but I am. A no through and through, even though I went through a rough patch just a couple of weeks ago. And I will take Percy Harvin off the draft board, out of my allegiance to Florida State University and to my allegiance for Peter Ward, because he helped bring me a national championship, an undefeated season championship mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> but I, oh, I got asked a question today. I was texting back and forth with an anonymous Gator fan who does not want to be revealed. And he asked me, he said, hey, let me ask you this. I said, what's up, bro? He said, would Florida State would have been that that successful, undefeated? Because, you know, Chris Winkie was the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And Heisman Trophy winner, Chris Winkie, was the quarterback. And he asked, would Florida State would have still kept it going? but they still would have went undefeated and played for a national title without Peter Warwick. And I thought about it, and I said, yes. That's how powerful our offense was and how dominant our defense was that year. I said, yes. And then he asked, would the Florida Gators, (laughs) without Percy Harvin, won a national championship that year, they beat Oklahoma? said, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I would have think because Percy Harvin was the X factor of that game. Even though that gated defense was really, really, really good. But Chris Winky was a better quarterback, passer of the football than Tim
2: Tebow. <laughs> I ain't saying Winky better than Tebow overall. I'm saying when it came to the offense, Winky was letting that thing go. Yeah, he
0: was. (laughs) So that was a question that kind of had my brain going, man. And I can't wait to talk to Fred. I can't wait to talk to Cole. I can't wait to talk to anybody else who has anything to say about this. So Peter Ward, Percy Harvin, hell of a debate. Mm. Throwing Reggie Bush in there at the start bitch you Cut because he was another dynamic player who deserves conversation. But this is the state of Florida. Yeah. This is Florida. This is Florida State. And these are the conversations that we have. So y'all talk to us. Now, we're going to expound on this. We are. This is not the last of this conversation, but we wanted to present it to our listeners so they can have it on their brains. Who are you taking, man? Percy Harvin. No, not who are you taking. Who was better? Who was better in your eyes? Percy Harvin or the great Peter Warren? We will talk about this much later. Blake, you got anything else to add before we move on?
1: I'm excited, man. Sure, sure, I'm sure, excited. sure. I'm sure. excited about debates like this. Uh, I'm so happy that it took me to, to send one picture in our group
2: to get this started. <laughs> to get yeah. this started, yeah.
1: And I'm excited. I love when we when we talk uh, Gator versus no players. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun, man. I'm excited, man. And I know y'all going to get a kick out kick out of it. And after y'all hit this, I expect Twitter to be on fire. <laughs> and our group to be on fire about yep. this. Yep. But yeah, man, uh, I can't wait, man, to debate uh, not only these guys, but uh, other great uh, Gator and Nose players moving forward.
2: Yeah, it, it's... <laughs>
0: I just looking at the two names, man. I'm just going back and forth in my head, man. But uh, but yeah. So yeah, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We're gonna get Fred and Cole and get other people, you know what I'm saying, who may have something to say. We may, you know, do the voice notes for that. You know, we may do the voice notes for okay. so that, get people to kinda chime in. So we might put that together for next week and revisit Percy and uh uh Peter Ward. All right, man. So let's transition over to the WWE. So what we've been doing, we've been doing some nostalgia things. We got our wrestling correspondent PJ Durrell chipping in, talking to us about uh, uh, just certain moments in time that have taken place. And uh, I think we will be it'll be dope to kind of revisit. We have a story that we're going to revisit uh, today as well. And I think you know a lot of people might not know about this story. You know, and we're just gonna talk about it for a split second here. So let's get into a little bit of WWE.
2: Hey, it
3: is produced by Sports. Come on, Sports Dance. He
1: we Hey, we're listening to the Sports Dance.
0: All right, all right. So today, today we are talking Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar. And why exactly did that match never happen? Never happened. So we were reminded through the Ruthless Aggression Series on the WWE Network that this match was supposed to take place in a King of the Ring tournament. And and it didn't. Um, and we're going to elaborate on that a little bit more. We're going to play a little snippet from P.J. Durrell, uh, giving his thoughts on uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar never happening.
3: Okay, so I understand that um, where Austin was coming from because he was um, frustrated ever since the beginning of of that year in 2002. Um, And I also think that the WWE could have... Um, found a better way, um, to put Brock Lesnar over as the king of the ring. Um, as far as Austin's, uh, frustration, um, you know, it went all the way back, you know, began 2002 when the NWO, um, debuted in the WWE and, um, they decided to put Hogan in the rock in a match at WrestleMania. Now, while that sounds like, you know, that it, that was one of the greatest matches, you know, in WrestleMania history, if not of all time, um that match with Hogan needed to go to Austin because when you think about it, the Attitude Era, you know, of course The Rock was like one of the biggest um draws in the Attitude Era but to me um Austin was 1A and the Rock was 1B and um that match that that match with Hogan needed to go to the Rock but you know they put him with Scott Hall and while Scott Hall is a um he's a great performer but he wasn't Um, he wasn't there mentally, uh, mentally, uh, he still had, he was still fighting with his demons and I don't think he was fit to, um, wrestle like his best match with Stone Cold and, um, they just kept giving Stone Cold these crazy, um, these egregious storylines with, um... You know, they, they tried to redo the Austin uh McMahon thing with him and Ric Flair. And um you know, they kept trying to keep they try to keep him out of the, the um the undisputed championship uh pitcher. And, you know, I understand because it's like okay, like I done worked and you know, made your company what it is, and now you're putting me on the back burner. I mean, I understand that you know you have a, you know, a new, a new, um, a new talent that's like red hot right now, and you need to push him immediately. But at the same time, it's Come on, man, it's Austin, man. You 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 can't do that to like your bread winning one of your bread winning um talents.
0: Yeah, so uh great breakdown from PJ. You know, I know I ran, you know, um with him giving all the information, but it was needed so people can understand, you know. What took, pl- what took place between Stone Cold and his time around 2001 2002? You know, entering to this supposed big match with Bar- Big Match with Brock Lesnar. But Black, I want to ask you, you know, do you feel a way that we never got Stone Cold versus Brock Lesnar, knowing what Brock Lesnar ultimately became versus what Stone Cold was already, what he was doing already?
1: Yeah, man, I would have loved to see it. I think it's sad, man, that this couldn't happen. But um, I it's tough, man. Like brock versus stone cold and the way brock was going man it it is the to me pay-per-view worthy okay but i also know in those times of raw and smackdown man we were getting some classic matches on regular tv that you could potentially have on pay-per-views right so it would have been beautiful to watch man it would have been beautiful to watch and seeing Stone Cold and Brock in the rain going at it, mm-hmm. it would've gave me chill bumps, man, because, you sure. know, Austin's my guy, and I know Brock is just a force. Yep. A freak of nature. Like, I don't know, man, like, we, uh, I, I, I don't know which way it would've went, but I, I came across something, and it also says the full story. is Austin was supposed to face and lose to Brock in the qualifying yep. in the qualifying match. Austin yep. rejected that because he doesn't want to lose to Lesnar. But there's no storyline slash no feud, right. just in a cold match. Yep, yep. So I can understand where Austin come from. Like w- WWE could have struck gold with this. Yep, and didn't want to do that. Why? I would love to know why. Yep. But yeah, man, I would've I would have loved to see these guys uh have a real feud, a real something to lead into a pay per view, just not on no raw just to say, Oh, I beat Austin to get to a, a championship match. Yeah. No, that's that's still Stone Cold Steve Austin still now. Still Stone Cold I Steve. I don't Austin. care if his pop was uh, not not on the top or mid level. I don't. I don't know how it was going for Austin in 2012. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But he still was one of the guys in the WWE. Mm-hmm. So to have him lose to Brock Lesnar on a uh, on a qualifying match on Raw, that's a big no no. Right. Right.
2: Um.
0: At that time. And I know this is stone cold, but a lot of Hall of Fame, great, exceptional wrestlers put other guys over for the love of the business. And that is the kind of honorable thing to do in wrestling when a new talent is coming and it's going to vote the business up to the next level like Brock Lesnar, who was undeniable entering the WWE. I do agree a match in a few with Austin should have took place outside of the king of the ring and take place um, um, on a pay-per-view. I agree with that. But at the same time, Austin really was in a position to have no choice but to have Lesnar go over on him because of the rise of Brock. He was entertaining. We, had not, we have never seen an athlete of his size move the way that he was moving, the things that he was doing. We hadn't seen it. The Rock was champion at the time. And when the idea was given to The Rock to lose and give the title to a 23 year old Brock Lesnar, you know what The Rock said? Let's roll with the kid then. Because of the love and the appreciation for the business. And this is the point that I have feel about Stone Cold Steve Austin, where he felt like he was on um Hulk Hogan's level of not how don't you even dare look my way to put anybody over on me. Here's the difference between Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan. Stone Cold is responsible for an era of rejuvenation in wrestling. Bruh, Hulk Hogan is a forefather <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> He is the reason why the Pontiac Silverdome was 100,000 strong for WrestleMania three to see him face Andre the Giant. He was the reason why the Toronto Superdome was sold out 100,000 strong at WrestleMania six to see him and the Ultimate Warrior go head-to-head. Like, this man was the first mainstream superstar wrestling.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And you know who benefited from that? Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock. Triple H, the countless other people in the company benefited from Hulk Hogan's superstardom. So in 2002, Stone Cold's run, was it over? I wouldn't say it was over, no. But I do feel like Stone Cold could have played a huge part in given him the Brock Lesnar, the pop. That he needed to go forward in his career. It could have been set up where Brock beat Austin, beat Rock, Rock he's the world champion. And now we got the feud with Stone Cold and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship with Stone Cold getting over on Lesnar and becoming champion again. We were robbed of not seeing Stone Cold's divorce in versus the ascending Brock Lesnar. And it's a shame. And it's one of the stories that don't get talked about, but you can catch all the information on the ruthless aggression. Uh, series on the WWE network to get caught up because a lot of people don't even remember Stone Cold basically telling Vince McMahon that I'm quitting. I'm taking my ball and going home because I ain't going through this crap. You ain't putting this kid over me on Monday Night Raw. And he quit. And that's why you saw Rod Van Damme take his place, and they say, oh, Austin was injured. Something happened with Austin, and that's why I brought Lesnar destroyed Rod Van Dam in two minutes, <laughs> and they went on to SummerSlam and become, you know, WWE champion, defeating The Rock. So, I understand Austin's gripe, but at the same time, I think he really missed the boat on the opportunity to have a a, a feud or a program, whatever you want to call it, with Brock Lesnar, and I just, I just kind of think it was a shame, man. So... So, yeah, so we're going to be talking about old storylines, things that happened back in the day that we don't really have clarity on, and our wrestling correspondent, PJ DeRail, is going to be helping us with that. All right, so before we finish up with wrestling, one last thing. Hopefully, everybody who loves wrestling and who's been rocking with us on uh, the wrestling talk have been watching the Undertaker series, The Last Ride. Um, It's been phenomenal. Four episodes in. Now, me and Black have not watched the fifth episode yet. I kind of got tipped off. Uh, from PJ earlier saying, "Man, you're gonna love the final episode of the Last Ride." Undertaker kind of makes an announcement on the final episode. Man, Blackwell it. but I just want to get your thoughts real quick on the on the backstage access, the never before seen footage, conversations from the Undertaker. Like, what did you what do you think about it? I know Undertaker is one of your favorites. What do you think about
1: it, man? I'm 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 loving every bit of it, man. Like to not see him in that Undertaker role behind the scenes with his wife his kids and even the young even the younger guys in the wwe like him hanging out in the back you know talking to the guys chopping it up like it's not it's not the undertaker we're used to you know it's we're seeing a different side of the undertaker and i'm enjoying it because we never had access to that
2: Mm -mm.
1: we all we always known the dead man and we're getting to see a look into his life, man. And I'm enjoying every bit of it. Yep. When we get through with the sports show, I'm going home. <laughs> get me a drink. Yeah. And watch the fifth episode because I'm excited. I just love seeing one of my favorite guys give, my favorite wrestlers give access behind the scenes, you know, at home and. Everything, every injury, everything he's had to deal with in his career, the ups and downs with him and Vince, like through their career, that's been amazing. How close friendship they have—it's—it's it's amazing to see that because I never knew that about him and Vince. Yeah. So it's—it's it's amazing to watch everything, man, that's going on with Undertaker with the with the last ride, man. I, it sucks that this is going to be the last episode, but I enjoyed the episode so far. Yeah,
0: same here, man. I think it's a great. Uh, docu-series, PJ said it well that this is the last dance of the WWE Uh, talking about The Undertaker, one of the iconic phenomenal characters just polarizing uh, 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 athletes in, in, in WWE history and I agree with Black you didn't know the relationship that he has with Vince and to see him and Vince McMahon speak on the level of like father and son almost was touching You know, and and Undertaker breaking down at certain point in time in his life, man, it just was out of control in his personal life. And it took Vince McMahon to kind of come and set him straight. And Taker was saying, if anybody else would have done that, I would have knocked their lights out. I would have punched them right in their face if they would have came to talk to me like Vince did. But But he said he knew Vince was telling the truth. He knew Vince was telling him something that he needed. And I really enjoyed the story of going back to the Survivor Series 92 or 91 when he won his first WWE title against Hogan and how Hogan would just walk around and say, oh, you hurt me, brother. You hurt me, brother. Oh, my back, my neck. Oh, my brother, brother. <laughs> and Undertaker was like, man, I don't think I, are you sure I hurt you? And, you know, Undertaker was a young kid referring to the Tombstone. And, you know, they would go back and look at the tape and they're like, man, I had them tucked in pretty good. But Hogan was just trying his best to stay on top, stay on top, and Undertaker lost the title like a couple weeks later at Twisted Tuesday or something like that. Hogan (laughs) got the belt back. But um, I just enjoy the story. See his personal life with his kids and his wife, the surgeries. Bro, I was touched when he went through, when they showed what he had to go through to get ready for WrestleMania. It's crazy. Like, just hellacious, bro. Yeah. And that's how much he loved the business. That's how much he wants to be there and be a part. And he really put himself through hell to get ready for one match. And then you hear Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and all these other characters chiming in saying, man, you know, when is he going to give it up? You know, everybody got a time, you know. And, you know, when is he going to give it up? And Taker's just kind of like, bro, I'm going to the wheels fall off, you know. And that's literally what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So, great documentary. I got a feeling we won't see the Undertaker again. I got a feeling that that match with AJ Styles, which was beautifully done uh, at WrestleMania this past WrestleMania, I think that'll be the last time we see him.
2: Mm.
1: I, I just think that—that's so sad to sit Don't yeah, say that, I think man. it
0: is because look out look how the match went out. It was awesome. That's what I'm saying. Would you? It was wanna, awesome. Do you want to see? Do you want to see him?
1: you right. I don't want to in see a
0: worse else. situation. Like perfect. That's like the perfect match in the past three years that he's had. It was the best match out of the whole WrestleMania. It's like winning the championship and walking yeah, who off. Who would have ever
1: thought it would have been with AJ Styles? Right. And AJ killed it. Perfect. Man. Perfect. You're right. I hate, you know, I hate to hear it because yeah. I'm such a fan yeah. of Undertaker. Yeah. But you're right, man. Like, that's the perfect way for Undertaker to go out. Yeah, you don't want to see a, you don't want to see a train wreck. You don't.
0: You don't. For his last match. And that's a, if that's the last time we see him, sports this tip our hat to the dead man. And um, maybe we'll
1: see him in like a, you know,
0: uh, another role outside of the ring in the future. Like we see all of our other legends.
1: Undertaker, you will be missed. If yes, If this sir. is it, yes, you sir. will be missed.
0: All right, man. So we're going to get into some other news. We're going to get out of here. We're going to wrap up episode uh, 64 of the sports There's not too much going on in other news uh, today, but we're just going to Shout out a couple things. We're going to get out of here, man. So let's see, Black. Let's see what we got here. So, first and foremost, I don't know if many people are going to care about this or, you know, going to keep their ear, their eyes to it. Because, Black, we don't. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the 2021 Pro Bowl moving to Las Vegas. They've ended their residency in Orlando. And they're going to be taking it to Las Vegas. Now, Black, what do you think about that? The Raiders' new stadium, the Pro Bowl, the NFL All-Star Game, so to speak. Black, do you have any thoughts?
1: Not really, man. I don't think it being in Vegas going to make it exciting any any more than it. It's not exciting at all now. You know, it's just a big coming-together party for the NFL guys. But... I guess if you think you were trying to get a little more attraction going to Vegas from Orlando, then okay, it's it's Vegas. You know, party, party, party. You know, I think more people would be concerned about partying than going to see the Pro Bowl. (laughs) Definitely, man. Um,
0: I don't care. They can have the Pro Bowl in Australia, Switzerland, (laughs) uh, uh, Ireland, Las Vegas, LA, Florida. It, It don't matter. I mean, I don't think there's anything the NFL can do to spruce up this game. I really don't think there's nothing they can do. Now, they can bring back the skills, challenges, and stuff that they have been doing, like the quarterback and the the quarterback throwing the ball through the, the, the tunnels and the receivers doing the little drills. I mean, I enjoy watching those because these guys are competing when they're doing those drills. But as far as the game itself, what incentives can the NFL do? What can they do to make these guys go out and do something. You see doing the game. They don't even tackle. They don't. Like when a quarterback gets touched, the play is over. So I'm pretty sure I'll be probably watching a movie or something or doing <laughs> something else uh, when the Pro Bowl is happening. All right, last but not least, Black, the College Football Hall of Fame has announced its uh leading guys who are going to be going in. So you got Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis from the University uh, of Miami He'll be going uh, To the College Football Hall of Fame You got Champ Bailey uh, Who was at The University of Georgia Going to The College Football Hall of Fame You got Carson Palmer Carson Palmer Out of USC okay. uh, Going into the College Football Fame And the Highlighted coach This year Will be Bob Stoops Bob okay. Stoops Who brought Oklahoma back to life After mm-hmm. all the years in the drones Oklahoma was respectable again, and he won a national championship, and played in a bunch of BCS games, and played in a couple of more championship games. So Bob Stoops from Oklahoma uh, is going into the College Football Hall of Fame. All right, man. So that pretty much wraps up everything on this lovely uh, Father's Day, and again, Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. Uh, worldwide, and also a happy Father's Day to uh, the men in the world who, are, who don't have any children, but they are playing a part uh, in a young boy or young girl's life. I don't, I don't want to leave those guys out uh, because they, are, they have a fatherly role helping uh, some youth or some kids uh, out there, and, or even some grown people out there in the world, so shout out to those guys too. All right, Black. That's pretty much everything for
1: today. You got anything before we get up out of here? Yeah, man. Um, like you just said, uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers uh, out there. Uh, all the fathers who are helping raising little ones that they're that are not theirs, but they're in the they're doing the work to bringing uh, these young kids up the right way. And then, uh, happy Father's Day to the fathers who have children on the way. Yeah, and I want to yeah. say happy fathers Happy yeah. Father's Day to them as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's 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 an amazing thing to be a father, man. It's a beautiful thing. I I enjoy every day being a father. Yep. I know I can speak for D as well. Yep. You know, we we enjoyed our little boys are uh, just the bright and the light of our days. Yeah, and um, they yep. keep us young They keep us rolling. <laughs> Very, you know. And uh, <laughs> I love every minute of it being yep. a father, man. And um, Father's Day it could be looked on looked down a little bit, but. I think we need to start showing a little more respect to Father's Day along the lines of with Mother's Day as well. Yeah, you know, I'm you. I'm you. but um, I'm happy, man. Uh, all the followers, happy, happy Father's Day. We appreciate you for everything that you do, man. And listening to the sports day, sports desk, all our listeners. We love y'all, man. Appreciate all the love that y'all give us on Twitter, Instagram, and everything, man. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Quick little story, real fast. You know, you know, me and Black. Along with uh, our guy, our man's Papa Gary, you know, we've been out here, you know, hitting a couple golf balls out here <laughs> in the Top Golf uh, arena out here in the city. we were having a lot of fun, but something special happened today. You know, something special happened today <laughs> as me and Black was wrapping up uh, at the Top Golf, and um, I came from behind and I got him. I got him by one, and I and I identified a new technique. That I'll be using and I'm excited to get right back out there to Top Golf to see if this new technique that I have is gonna allow me to stay on top of black going <laughs> forward. So yeah. So I just wanna kinda of put that out
1: there. Yeah, my man's got me today, man. It was it was awesome. But uh me myself, I also got over the hump. Sure, today. sure. You know, I finally you beat did. my father who's beat me a thousand times <laughs> already, but all I wanted was one. And he got it. And I got it today. Got it. And uh, today was a good father's day. Absolutely. For both of us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh yes. our listeners, you never know. We might start picking up this golf topic talk talk, yep. go- talk here because yep. seems like me and D were kinda of falling in love with golf sure. a little bit here. Sure. So sure. uh don't be surprised if you see us we saying, bro, we going to the we going to the golf course. Yeah. We're gonna play a couple <laughs> holes. Yeah. You know, got our golf balls and our uh all our things in play. Yeah. Going to play some golf, man. We just trying something new, man. Uh you know, we're getting a little older trying to wisen up sports wise a little bit. Yeah. You see a bunch of the old heads playing golf like my father. Mm. He's awesome at golf. Uh, I I don't those who like golf, Papa Gary is the real deal. Yes he is. So I advise you, if you wanna play, you better come ready. Yes you better. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah man, I'm just excited, man, learning the game from my father. Uh the game of golf, man. I'm looking forward to getting down there on the golf course and uh Picking that up as well.
0: Yeah, man. Fun time, great times, man. Can't, can't, can't speak on enough. Had a great time today. All right, man. So you can catch us on uh, Instagram at Reduced Lunch Sports. Check us out there, man. And uh, also, you can catch me, Deja L Hicks Jr. on Twitter and on Instagram. Y'all hit me up. Talk sports with me. Any questions? Any opinions, Anything you got? holler at me, Black. Where
1: can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Black Enl Three. Man, y'all hit me up.
0: Yeah, and until we get until we get this email thing situated, man. If y'all do have an opinion, if y'all do have something y'all want to make known, y'all can drop us a voice note on uh uh in our Instagram on our DM. Y'all can DM us the voice note on Instagram on Reduce Lunch Sports. Until we get this thing figured out, where we're going to have all of them going. So if you got an opinion, if you got something to say, you can go straight to our DM at Reduce Lunch Sports on Instagram and drop us off a voice note. Please keep it no longer than two minutes. No longer than two minutes, man. So we'll be anxious to hear from all, all of our listeners. So until next time, this has been episode 64 of the Sports Desk. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there. And we will get with y'all next time. Y'all stay safe and we are out of here. That's
2: the guest.
0: Smell what the rock is Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Do you smell what
4: The Rock is cooking? What did you think about the fight? What
3: you, I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody j- out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him
2: clean more times. I beat him.